You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new film, The Pool, our guest today, Chris Smith, follows a room boy working at a hotel in India who sees from his perch in a mango tree a luxuriant garden and shimmering pool hidden behind a wall. Smith's previous films include American Movie, the Grand Jury Prize winner at the 1999 Sundance Film Festival, and The Yes Men. The Pool, winner of the 2007 Sundance Special Jury Prize, is screening locally at Landmark's New Art Theater in Los Angeles and Edwards West Park in Irvine. Chris Smith, welcome to Film School. Oh, thank you. How are you today? Uh, good. Everything's fine. Yeah. I'm in New York. In New York? Yeah, you feel comfortable there? You like the city? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, is there is there some special place you like to go there, or just the city in general? Uh, yeah, just I'm, I'm working, so it's just I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, very good. Now, I know you've heard this 100,000 times before, but where is it you got the movie, uh, the idea for the movie The Pool? Um, it basically was based on a short story written by a, a friend of mine named Randy Russell, and um, and it was basically it was a it was set in Iowa City, Iowa, and it was about a a guy who was out for a run and sort of came across a swimming pool and became obsessed with trying to find a way to get closer to it. So we ended up sort of tracking and following the uh, the people that lived there, which was an older couple, and um, and uh, it there was something. The, the film is very different from the short story, but there was this one element from it that I sort of responded to, and it sort of stayed with me, and it was basically just this idea of this guy has this goal and this desire, which was to swim in this pool, and as he sort of sets out on this journey to try to get to that place, he, he ends up meeting this couple, and the relationship ends up becoming more important than this whole original idea of swimming in the pool, and I, I thought that was just sort of interesting metaphorically and I, and I and I and I thought it was an interesting place to start um, sort of a project and then it was basically that combined with this experience that we had a number of years ago where I, I was in uh, Goa which is where we shot the film mm-hmm. and we had stayed at the hotel where we f- made the film and uh, and I just the world that we sort of were a part of and witnessed there was really interesting to me and it sort of stayed with me over a period of time and um, so it was really just sort of these two, the one experience combined with reading the short story that sort of ended up with this, with the film that we ended up making. Was was this with uh, when you did the Yes Man film? No, it was actually uh, some friends of mine were doing a short film called I'm Bobby, which mm-hmm. they took an old uh, Indian Bollywood film and cut it down, and then they re-photographed it with street kids, and, um, and so I was just over there helping them shoot it. Mm-hmm. The film ended up playing at Sundance in 94, 95, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, now, how did the uh, translation grow? You, ha- you have a short story here, uh, written in English, I, I assume, and then you're, yeah. you're doing it in India. Uh, how, how does that? How did that work out? Did you keep uh, a, a lot of the dialogue from the short story, or did you mainly just play with the uh, the, the arc of the narrative there? We we actually started from scratch almost. So the only part that we took from the short story was the idea that this character sort of uh, is, is interested in this pool and tries to meet the people that own the house. But other than that, it, it really, there was nothing other than that one element yeah. that we took from the short story. So the idea was just to basically start over and try to set this 
use this one sort of narrative element and sort of build a new film around that. And so I worked with Randy, and we worked for a number of months here. And then as far as, like, sort of the, the translation, part of the idea in making the film was to, was to find either real people or actors and sort of in, in, take elements of their real lives and, 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 and meld them with sort of the script. Um, and so uh, I think for us it was really just about, um, you know, that sort of having that experience of going to India and working with people there, and um, and and we found a uh, we ended up finding these two kids that were really great. They were just two street kids that, um, you know, I just found incredibly charismatic and interesting. And we were able to actually take a lot of a lot of experiences that they had. Um, the littlest kid worked at this restaurant bar um, that we ended up shooting at. So you, you see him at work, and that's where he actually worked. And Venkatesh, the main character, tells a lot of stories throughout the film, and a lot of those stories were things that had happened to him over, um, you know, during his life. And so and it even carried up through the, the daughter and the father character who had different um, experiences that we were able to sort of work into into the project. Huh. That, that's, uh, that's incredible. I really love this film, and, and part of it... Uh, what I loved about it is the uh, the sense of humor. It's kind of a low key sense of humor about it that that took me by surprise. It, so those characters that you just found in the street in India were able to project that, and and you just captured it. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think it, a lot of it was something you know in making a film in another language. I think that there's a lot of uh, you know it's an uphill battle in trying to find an audience, and so to me, it's, you know, humor is always fairly universal, so it was important for me to try to make the film funny and sort of positive and, um, you know, I, I, so I, and I think just naturally I, I tend towards that material just in what I'm looking for and trying to find things that are also like have a resonance and are meaningful and, you know, speak to issues that, you know, people, you know, can relate to, but at the same time, you know, just trying to find the humanity and, and sort of the humor in life and I think it was it was just, you know, when we set out to make the film, it was, that was things that we were looking towards trying to do. Now, when you're making a film with uh, actors and actresses that do not speak your language, I assume you don't speak the... the Indian. In, in, I don't know. What's the... What Indian. Indian, okay. Yeah. Uh, that, and that when you're filming them and you're, and you're watching them go through these different scenes, uh, you obviously had a translator. Now, it had yeah. to be critical to, to what you were doing. But did you have a sense of uh, watching them? I mean, you can obviously we pick up so much of, from body language and, and other ways. Yeah. Uh, did you feel like you were getting what you wanted while you were filming it? Did it take a little time in post before you? No, it's it really strange. You can feel a good performance while you're filming it, and it was you know you, I could even I would look at a take and just know it wasn't right, even though I didn't have the translation. And it wasn't until I would shoot until something felt like it was right, and nine times out of ten I would get the translation and it would be fine. Once in a while there'd be some, you know, confusion on, like, a narrative element that, you know, that somebody would say, and you'd be like, oh, sh- shoot, you know, like, they, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, under, they, 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 they maybe missed one beat, you know, but it wasn't, but the performance was still good. So if, in, in most cases, it was, um, it was strange. It was, I think on the outset, unless you've done something like this, it seems a lot more difficult than it is, but, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I think when anyone goes to see a foreign film, you can feel if the performances are working, and it's the same thing when you're directing. Okay. Now, when, when you're, uh, the, the filming of it, did it take long for the actors to kind of, per, the non-actors, I should say, to forget that there's a camera there? Did you have to overcome that sort of, and you know, that initial, should I be looking at the camera, shouldn't I be looking at the camera, were they, you know, were they they're natural? 
I think a lot of that was, you know, worked out through the casting process because it's, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, whenever you're looking for actors or non-actors, you know, just finding people that feel at ease and comfortable in front of a camera, it's not something that you can nat- necessarily train. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's certain people that have an energy to themselves yeah. and a charisma that sort of translates well to being on film, and a lot of times those people are just at ease in that environment. And I think for us, we, we, we went through so much casting of trying to find people that had that quality, and it was really about just trying to find that in the casting rather than trying to correct that while we were filming. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're speaking with Chris Smith. The The film is The Pool. Um, yeah, I was wondering, on, on the, uh, did you do the camera work yourself? Did you do any of the camera work yourself? I, yeah, I did. I filmed the, I photographed it myself. Yeah, that, it, it's really a beautiful, really well put together film. And uh, the Goa itself plays a, a major role, at least for me in it. The, the, the colors yeah. of the city and just the way, the, the tempo of the city. Did, did you try to go out of your way to capture that? Were there places that you had in mind beforehand to, to revisit? Yeah, I mean, I, I think from being there, I think one of the things that struck me the most about the city was just sort of the geography and layout of it, where there's this, like, small, bustling, sort of gritty city in the, uh, in the low-lying area, and then there's a hill uh, in the middle of the city that has these old you know, these sort of wealthy, beautiful Portuguese homes. And I, I, I found that I found that sort of dyna- just the way that it was laid out and sort of the, symbolically what it sort of meant was very interesting how there's like this noise and chaos down below where all these people are working. And, and then you go up in this hill, it's very quiet and serene. And I, I just thought it worked so well with this idea of the story, just that this was this place that this kid would go to escape his life, you know, and it, and I thought it, you know, and it was so obvious that this is what he would want, and then it's interesting when you see this family show up and sort of learn their history, and, and it's not, it's just sort of how you, I don't know, I, I found that it worked very well with what we were trying to achieve sort of in the storytelling, so I, I think if, if, not necessarily Goa, but Panjim, the city that we were filming in, was a, an integral part of the story, and I, I don't know if I could have made it anywhere else. Yeah. You, you, you get, the film does a do a good job of giving you a sense of uh, of the city itself, and uh, um, I, I think Nathan's correct. It is another character in this film. Uh, I'm really taken with not only the lead, but and par- pardon me for for my butchering his name, Han Hanjir Bad Badsha. It's a uh, Jangir Badsha. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah. He was what a remarkable sort of uh, energy. He brought to uh, to this role, and uh, it really is a very dynamic um, uh, in it, and uh, very taken with him. No, it's it's, it's funny because um, we had actually had a different kid cast in his part, and uh, a couple days before we were supposed to shoot, the kid disappeared, and and we, it, which is not that um, surprising if you sort of worked in India, but it was. Uh, but we um, we just sort of were struggling with figuring out what we were going to do, and Kate, the producer who cast most of the film, we were at this sort of bar restaurant where our location location manager that he owned. And uh, while we were there trying to figure out what we were going to do, Kate saw Jean-Guerre working. And uh, very much like you see him in the film, he was stocking bottles in this cabinet. And she just sort of walked into him and just, um, she just said, she's like, I think this kid could be really interesting. And it's funny, we did a screen test the next day. And it, and it like, within 24 hours, we did we all couldn't believe that we almost made the film without him because he was such an integral part of the film working. Well, he's such a natural. Uh, the interplay between uh, between the, the two leads in this film is very natural, 
and he comes across as just he's he, it's as if the camera isn't there. You really do feel like this is the the, the dialogue that would be going on between uh, between these no, two characters. Yeah, it was really sweet, and I think that they developed a real friendship during the making of the film that I think really came across and translated. You know, just because I think they both related to each other in a way of having the, this incredibly strange experience of going from you know working six and a half days a week. Um, full-time being kids, and then all of a sudden just being put into this movie and eventually starring against one of India's biggest movie stars. So I think that there was a, there was a bond between them that sort of grew that I think really translates in the, way, in, in the film. Uh, we're speaking with Chris Smith. The movie is The Pool, and your reputation is as a documentarian. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> What what made you decide to shift gears here? And uh, just to follow up a little bit on that, do you do you plan on continuing to to keep shifting gears? Yeah, I guess I don't ever know what's next exactly. I um I started in narrative filmmaking in in the mid '90s when I did a film called American Job that went to Sundance, and then uh, after that I was working on more narrative projects, and then started doing this short film about a horror film director in Wisconsin, which turned into American Movie. Mm-hmm. And four years later, I was known as a documentarian. And then, you know, we did two more documentaries after that while we were working on narrative scripts. And, and sort of it, it was never the plan to, to do one or the other, but it was just sort of looking at what projects seemed the most interesting at the time. And so, uh, you know, this was sort of coming back to work on narrative in a way that made sense to us. Um, but, you know, it's always sort of just taking it step by step and sort of like when we get done with one project, it's sort of looking at what you know seems most exciting at the time for the next project. Mm-hmm. Now, now you you said you're in New York now. You're working on another project. This is a narrative film. What are you working on now? No, I'm just working. I, I just I, I do TV commercials to okay. to pay for pay for the independent film habit. So that's and, I'm and, out here on that. And Chris, <laughs> have have you gathered around you? Do you work uh, with uh, you know the same people generally? You try to work with the same people on the on the different films film projects. Uh, on the films, yeah, I mean, this this one I worked with a lot of people that I'd worked with for a number of years. It was there was about five or six of us that came over, and then um, Kate Noble started with us about four, three or four years ago, and and we did post production on the Yes Men, and then she uh, she developed this with me, and then we went over and made this film. Which you know, it, these things take a long time on the independent level. It's two and a half years, I think, since we went over. So yeah. you know, they they just we're looking at a way of trying to. Uh, to make them a little bit more efficient, I think, time-wise, and, yeah. and, you know, and I think possibly not funding them ourselves just because, it's, you know, you know it, gets, it gets exhausting doing, trying to do everything in that sense. Yeah, I was going to ask you, a film like this, I imagine the pitch on this film is not exactly uh, Iron Man 2. What, no. did you, you got your, uh, you've got your uh, money. You sounds like you raised it yourself. Is that what, is that what I yeah, heard? Yeah, we did, just through saving through other films that we had done and through working. Okay. Terrific. Well, I want to get back to the cast because uh, you mentioned, you briefly mentioned, again, pardon me, is it Nana Patakar? Yeah. What a, what a, what a uh, remarkable uh, presence this man is in terms just, uh, he just feels like a, an actor who, who knows his craft. In the, and especially in this film, what I liked about his character was there's an ambiguity to him, his motives and, and such, and he just does a terrific job with this role. No, I'd never worked with anyone as talented as him, and it's it's it was it was interesting for me to see how an actor that's that talent talented can sort of um, bring so much to a project. Where you know we worked with the kids for a couple months before we filmed with Nana, 
and um and you know we were able to get what we needed but it was always a lot of work you know they were yeah. they were still learning and it was you know and and that was part of what we set out to do so it was fine but when we work with him you know and i don't know how many you know people here won't know this but he's a giant movie star in india he had two blockbuster films while we were there um and uh you know he i i had never seen something to see the material that you've worked on and written um, just be elevated to the le- to to a place that you never thought it could go, just by his sort of presence and what he brought to it was just one of the best experiences of making the film, you know, for us. Just because um, he did have such a presence and he just had such charisma and it, such command of what the character was that it it just. It just I think it made the film what it was. Well, well, it's it's a it's a it's a uh, for for somebody watching this film, it's a it's a nice trick if you will, I shouldn't use that word, but to see a non-actor, a, a group of, a cast of non-actors, and, and then you have a, a, obviously a professional actor, and the, the ability to kind of blend in and make it all seem to be seamless. It's, all, it's a very seamless interaction between him and the characters in the film. It's not as if he's, you know, a Richard Burton among, among a, a troop right. of people. It, it's, he, he just blends in very nicely, and the ability of an actor to sort of turn down the volume, if you will, in a, in a role like this is, is something of a very mature actor can do, and he no, does I, it. He definitely did. I mean, the subtlety of his performance, and if you watch it more than once, and you just really pay attention to him, it's, in, it, 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 it's continually blown me away since we made the film just, mm-hmm. to, be, just to appreciate what he was able to, to do, do for us. Well, how was it that you were able to score a legend of uh, Indian cinema? <laughs> how did you well, get we, we, uh You know, we had actually spent months and months trying to cast the, the part of the father, and we, um, we actually started filming with our production manager because we, we were running out of options. And um, our production manager was, was good. I mean, he wasn't like that. He kind of is like an Indian version of Benicio del Toro, and he's like got a, a really nice presence, and it was sort of... It was, it was, working but it, we just felt like it wasn't living up to what we had filmed up to that point with the kids and we were sort of just trying to figure out we just couldn't find someone to play the father and uh kate the producer one day came up to me and she's like i got this newspaper under our door and there was a photograph of nana in an in- interview with them and she just said i think this is a guy and she just showed me his picture and there was something about his eyes that we both just felt like you know that he he looked like he had the ability to say so much without saying anything at all and that was sort of what we were looking for from this character. And uh, in the interview, he, he was sort of someone who seemed very much um, that he did. He he very much made his career on his own terms. And um, and uh, there was in the interview it said, you know, why had he taken so long between projects? And he said he only works when he finds things that he finds interesting, and um, or finds interesting projects. And Kate turned to me and she's like, we're an interesting project, so we should try to get them. And, and I think we didn't realize how naive we were being to some degree. And, and, but at the same time, we had, we, had, we had gotten so far against so many odds that we felt like, you know, that why not try to get them and see what, what could happen. So we um, talked to Aisha, who uh, had been in one film before, and she talked to the director of that film, who was able to actually get us a meeting with Nana. So we went up to Bombay, and um, the first thing he said to us was that he wasn't going to do our film. But he was sort of curious. I think he was sort of almost, I don't know if he was insulted, but, or just curious why the, these American filmmakers thought that he would at all even entertain the idea at his level of success of being in this film with Street Kids. Mm-hmm. And um, so we went there, and we sort of explained to him how we ended up there, why we wanted to make the film, and, and, and what we were trying to do. 
and it was sort of like opened up a little bit, but he still was, you know, sort of hesitant. And we, we at that point, we had cut together half of the film, so we we brought it with us and we showed it to him. And he, in, in the same way that he is in the film, he's very, very, uh, I don't know, very intense and very like mm-hmm. keeps. It doesn't give you a lot of information. I, I guess that's a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. And uh, he watched the film and for 45 minutes, and then just closed the laptop and then just looked over and said, um, "I'll turn myself over to you." And basically, you know, said, "I'll, I'll do the film." So. Wow. I mean, we just walked, and that was about it. And then he's like, "Okay, it's time for you to leave." And we just left, like, just looking at e- looking at each other, wondering, like, what just happened, you know? And, and uh, basically, two months later, he came down to to uh, to Panjim, and and we filmed the scene. Wow! Yeah. What well, what good fortune. That's wonderful. Now, yeah. um, I, earlier you said that the uh, the street kids uh, made their own stories up, uh, and there's one in particular I want to ask you about Venkatesh. Did he really have that exorcism? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it depends whether you believe the stories in the film. I, uh-huh. I do, and, and that was a story that he told us uh, that it happened to him. Um, oh, but again, it's like, I guess that's, that's all going to be perspective. But yeah, yeah. That's, there's a number of stories that he tells in the film that were things that he had told us happened to him during his life. Mm-hmm. And, and how about the uh, plastic bag selling? Is that something that they did together, or is that something... They both, yeah, they both sold plastic bags, and they knew each other briefly through that. They weren't oh. friends before the film, but they... Uh, but plastic bags did get banned in Goa uh, right before we got there. So there were all these signs up while we were filming that said, you know, plastic bags have been banned. And when we found out the kids had sold them in the market, it just seemed like a really nice sort of plot element to have them have the side business. And then it, it all goes, you know, it's just another thing that goes wrong as they're sort well, of going along. Well, yeah, at one point in the film they say we, uh, Jean Kier says that Jean-Gier, yeah. yeah says that we used to be enemies and then we became friends and exactly now has, has the film uh, played in India? It has. It started in um, we we actually the first place we took it was back to the city where we filmed. They have an international film festival um, there, and so we showed it there, and the kids got to come, and their families came, and they were movie stars for a day. So it it was really a nice experience in the audience. It was just fun to watch it with an audience that under, you know that spoke Hindi because the sort of humor is digested a lot quicker and it's and I, and I think that there's a lot of subtleties even in the language um and and the way that that plays out um you know that that makes it work in a different way. So it was really fun to show up there and then we it got invited up to Bombay and it played there as well in a festival. So you're and you're happy with the response that it received from the from uh from the audience. Yeah, it played really well. Oh, fantastic. That's wonderful. Um, I have a, a small question, trivial question. Uh, okay. The uh, name of the boat is the Shiv Dani? Yeah. Does that mean something? I, is, <laughs> I mean, it's a, and it's a god. I'm sure it's a, a Hindu god, but does it, is there any significance? <laughs> there no, there, the only significance of that was that was the boat we could find that day. All right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. I just was curious. It was something I'm, I'm, I happened to see the photo of uh, of it on on the website, and I was yeah. curious. It. it means lucky pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> means, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris, uh, it, Chris Smith, uh, terrific film. Uh, it's playing here in Orange County at the Edwards Regal West Park. Uh, it's playing around uh, Los Angeles, also at the Landmark uh, New Art Theater. And it will be playing uh, as it rolls out. You should go to the website, which is yeah. the, the thepoolfilm.com, and check it out. Yeah, congratulations on a great film. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank this. you. And Chris Smith, thank you for, for joining us here on, on uh, Film School. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. To learn more about Film School... 
listen to more interviews or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash film school.